This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 405 of the Dressage Radio Show on the Horse Radio Network, brought to you by Total Saddle Fit, Kentucky Performance Products, and Fairfield Inn & Suites. Karen Abatista from Sarasota, Florida. And Tim Christensen from Mayaka City, Florida. And you're listening to the Western Dressage episode of the Dressage Radio Show. Greetings, Tim. How are you doing? Good. How are you? I am awesome. I've been having so much fun. I went um, trail riding yesterday for uh, miles. I saw that. I know. For miles and miles and miles, which is absolutely just first of all, this is the second time I've gone. And the first time I took, you know, one of my dressage horses and I'm out with all these endurance riders and I've got the horse in the frame who's kind of doing this nice collected canter for, you know, miles down the trail Um, and looking around and trying to figure out where the letters are so he can know where he's going. So now, you know, take two, we go yesterday, and I'm on uh, Wendy, Dr. Wendy Ying from the Dressage Radio Show. I'm on one of her fox hunters, and we just go wide open. As I mean, it was so much fun. It's like when you were kids, and you just went and you you went out. It didn't matter what you looked like. It didn't matter, you know. You, you just ran, and that's what we did. And I. I've realized that as a dressage rider, I'm just far too controlled all the time. Yep, it's fun to let loose and let go. It is. And the horses had a great time, too. I do have to say, they they had a blast because, you know, there's only so fast you can go in a 20 by 60 meter arena. Yep. (laughs) So, and then my other exciting thing is... um, you know, I've been working with my project horse, Decadence. Um, Some of our listeners might be familiar with him from uh, the blog that I do on my website. But I've kind of, I had kind of reached this plateau because he's been recovering from EPM. And, you know, we're, we're making progress, but we've got a lot of challenges in asking him to go forward because he just remembers that forward hurts. And a lot of time when forward hurts, it was when he was working in, you know, in dressage in that collected frame and on the bit. And he just doesn't want to go there anymore. So on a whim last week, I just went in my tack room and I grabbed uh, Monty Roberts dually halter, which is, you know, just this halter with a rope, rope nose band. And I attached some reins to it. And I took him out and I decided to see what he would do bitless. And it was phenomenal. I mean, it really was. It was just, he. Is that just, the video you showed me? Yes. I think it was on Saturday. Yep, yep. He was. It was gorgeous. Yep. Yeah. And he just went in this nice floaty trot and he was just happy and he was relaxed over his back. And, you know, again, I think the theme of this is just. You know, sometimes you've got to think out of 
out of the box. You out have box. to think. And, you know, it's, it was just, it was really fun. And I did do a shout, I need to do a shout out to Debbie Lauk, um, his Monty Roberts daughter. And she also has a show on the horse radio network on horsemanship. And I mean, I just, I mean, it's just amazing the difference it made. So anyway, those are my two main things. I like that. So you thought out of the box and out of the arena with the other horses. So we need to, we need to go somewhere with that sometime. Yeah. Like out of the box. I'm gonna out of in, the arena. I'm going to interject so. a gold star and sparkles for Karen this week, please. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Debbie uh, will get that one. She'll listen to the show because she listened to all the shows. Debbie will get the whole gold star and sparkles. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, anyway, we have a great show coming up. Going back into the sandbox. We're going to be talking to Joyce Swanson, who's chairman of the WDAA Educational Committee. And Joyce was instrumental in writing the original uh, Western dressage tests that have been in use for the past four years. And for those of you who don't know, you probably need to know that the test changed on February 1st. Otherwise, you're going to be hearing a lot of bells in your future. Or whistles. (laughs) So, uh, new test, February 1st, and we're going to talk to Joyce about the whole test writing process and about, um, you know, how she got into Western dressage and where she sees it going. And also, we have joining us today, Tori Blankenship, who is a world champion Western dressage gated rider and the owner, proprietor of Western dressage riding gear. And we're going to talk to Tori about saddle fit for the Western rider, which is something us dressage divas, you know, we kind of obsess over. But, Tim, how many saddles do you ride in? I have five or six. Oh, see, now I was thinking you were going to say one. So, all right, well, there goes my theory. Okay. Yeah. All right, well, then, all right, so my my theory's blown on that one. But we're still going to talk to Tori anyway. (laughs) So I hope you join us and we'll be back right after a short break. Thanks. This Nutrition Minute is brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products, the company that simplifies your search for research-proven nutritional supplements at kppusa.com. The horse that matters to you matters to Kentucky Performance Products. Researchers have confirmed that as horses age, they naturally become less sensitive to insulin and more susceptible to health problems caused by too much sugar in the diet. One way to reduce the sugar content in a horse's diet is to replace sugar-laden grains with a high-fat supplement. Fat is an extraordinary energy source. It is readily utilized by the horse and contains more than two times the calories of sugary grains. Equijule Stabilized Rice Bran is an excellent fat supplement. It contains a balanced calcium to phosphorus ratio and won't cause mineral imbalances when added to the diet. Its all-natural ingredients are high in healthy fat and fiber. Best of all, Equijule allows owners to easily replace the calories previously supplied by sugary grains. When you need to add healthy calories to your horse's diet, choose Equijule. To learn more, visit Kentucky Performance Products at kppusa.com. Joining us today is Joyce Swanson. Joyce Swanson is the chairman of the Education Committee for the Western Dressage Association of America and has been 
intimately involved with creating the new 2017 Western Dressage Test. Joyce, thanks for joining us today. Yeah, happy to be here. So tell us a little bit about what brought you to Western Dressage. We'll start with that. Okay. Uh, You know, some people believe that Western Dressage started six years ago. It started for many of us. 30 years ago. I was actively involved with dressage and my mentor at the time was a fabulous dressage rider and her grandmother had Arabian horses. So back in the 70s, we kind of segued into this Arabian horse industry that was exploding. And And that was a big time for that. Yeah. Yeah. And we took with us all of these dressage principles. This is how you train a horse. It's the best way. It's a you know, a very um, methodical, kind, gentle approach. And we had great success. And, um, and so, you know, we parted ways, I had my own career, and I took all this with me. And um, so it it started a long time ago for, for many of us, because, you know, dressage back in the early 70s, had a really robust uh, educational program, you know, clinics, Charles de Comfy, Bodo Hagen, you know, like I'm in Colorado and they're even coming to Colorado, you know, so <laughs> a lot of people, a lot of people were touched by this in a, in a great way. And then many of us kind of segued into different parts of the industry and took this knowledge with us. Yes. So how did you become involved with the Western Dressage Association of America? Well, I have to say that I, it started with a horse. Um, I, uh, it started with a horse named Cedar Creek quartermaster, an amazing Morgan horse. He was my once in a lifetime horse. And, uh, we bought him for, uh, a gentleman to be a pleasure driving horse as a yearling. And by the time he was three years old and we were, you know, we had him driving and started his physique was changing, to a Western horse and his overall disposition was just this calm, wonderful, laid back horse, which is just the fundamental disposition for Western pleasure. So we broke it to the owner. We said, you know, I promise you, this is going to be a great horse. He wants to do Western and that's the trick of training, pick the right career path and Mm -hmm. things will go well. So I started training this horse with all those dressage principles and he loved it. He loved having different things to do. I mean, all the horses do, you know, and, uh, and I showed him as a three-year-old, he was world champion. And then the next year I'm at a show in Reno and I'm working all my horses. I mean, my park horse is doing shoulder in and my Western horse is (laughs) doing half pass and he's matured and he's doing, you know, amazing things. And Eitan Beth Halachmi, who's famous for, the cowboy dressage exhibitions yeah. <laughs> comes up to me and he goes, who are you? <laughs> and I'm like, nobody, you know, yeah, that's but we had a great, com- <laughs> yeah, we had a great conversation and we ended up doing a lot of Western cowboy dressage exhibitions together in the nineties with this fabulous horse and uh, who went on to win another world championship. And by that time he was a solid second level horse. So his carriage was beautiful. They used him on the Morgan judging judging, um, educational videos and things like this. And I, and so Aton's goal and mine was like, wouldn't it be, wouldn't the world be a wonderful place if everybody kind of realized that dressage can go, can apply to every horse. So 
um, the Morgan Horse Group ended up being the first people to kind of formalize it, develop the first rules. And I think they pretty much plagiarized the dressage training level test, you know, just to get started. And they had it at their world show and then Pinto followed. And then Mm -hmm. in 2013, we reached out to our members and we said, you know what, we need to write our own test. And of course there was a lot of, Oh, I want to help. I want to help. And then six (laughs) weeks before they're due, (laughs) I get a little, I get a phone call you know what? We don't have any tests. Nobody really came up with anything. I'm like, oh my gosh, I have to jump in a truck and pick up a stud colt in Vermont. I'm going to, I'm going to go. I will write the test on this trip. So <laughs> so, it was kind of like musical really, chairs and you were the last one standing. <laughs> yeah. So my young, my youngest boy came with me and I go, Ryan, you got to drive during the day. I'm going to write these tests. And I got on this trip, I got intro, uh, decided to do the walk jog basic and level one done and rough drafts and came home and, you know, Cliff Swanson and I started riding them and we didn't, we didn't know who was going to show up. And it's just such a wonderful thing that so many people showed up for this and the tests weren't too bad and we just grew, but we really improved the test this year. I I'm, so fortunate to have now had this committee to help me this year and four years down the road of people doing this and participating in the train the trainers program and our judges seminar and we've attracted this the best talent in the horse industry I'm not kidding I mean these people are so smart and they were so helpful and plus I kept a little suggestion file over the years you know somebody would push back against something in a test or or a suggestion. And, and so I was just determined starting in April that um, of this year, I was going to acknowledge all of these wonderful suggestions and, and just see how we could really improve these tests. So, so tell me a little bit about how the process works, because I imagine you just don't, you know, wake up one morning and say, okay, this is what level one test one is going to be. I mean, it's a process. Right. Well, you know, the, well, the first round, and then of course this too was like, you know what? We need to lead the rider down the road of the correct training basics, mm-hmm. you know, and and create the most solid foundation for these horses. So, you know, intro has all these walks and halts and I even got pushed back from that like really we have two free walks and intro one I'm like you know what um I, I it's just so funny I had the Olympics on in the background this summer and I got that email and I'm in the in the on the Olympics I can't see the screen because I've got three tests open I'm working on and it's the commentator is saying now if this horse can make it through the halt and back and extended walk series they could go, they could be up for a bronze, you know? And so I'm like closing windows and I'm getting to this thing. I'm like, what is going on? And the horse (laughs) is very, very nervous, chomping at the bit, barely halting, backing up nervously. And I'm not saying, I'm not trying to criticize dressage, but you know, this level of competition, I'm going, wow, I'm glad we have all this walk and, and halt and calmness in the beginning for these horses. Um, Because I think, I think it's important. And so I kept that. 
Uh, and like I said, kind of a training scale. We had more like smaller incremental steps this year to build bridges between tests and levels and pretty much hints at this proper training all the time. Like for, you know, dressage does this anyway. What happens before the next movement is very much an important element to prepare you for the next transition and movement. Yeah, absolutely. So that's really key. That was really key. And also having, of course, the Western horse in mind, we placed transitions um, a little differently and brought back the turn on the forehand uh, and then put it with a turn on the haunches because our horses are handy and, you know, you have to really maneuver both ends of a Western horse. And really I rode that yesterday. That <laughs> oh, did you? That's fun. Yeah. yeah. I was like, oh, okay, I can do this. Yeah. That's yeah. And just three or something yeah. like that. And as thoughtful as we could be about like, let's say level one, test three, uh, we introduced the first half turn the haunches slash pivot. You know, you can choose through second level. Some horses are inclined to pivot. Some horses need more forwardness and the trainer will decide, well, you know, I better kind of do the turn on the haunches and, and use those fundamentals. And, but I, this year we did it out of, you know, the corner uh, between K and A just kind of mm -hmm. you're at the working walk after the free walk and you can bend your horse, send that message, get them supple and know that it's a movement with bend and prepare, you know? So I really, really focused on preparing, preparing. And yeah, so it, uh, and, and of course I had great feedback from people and I asked a lot of my committee and they were all very committed and they had had four years doing Western dressage. So now I have experienced people that have students that have an issue or another, like one very good friend, fabulous trainer and Western dressage judge um, said, you know what? I'm having trouble getting my students from basic to level one. And I'm like, yeah, you know what? That's always a problem. Like people get stuck at training level. How can I get them to like the fun thing of a leg yield or something? So we, Level one, test one, we made a, levy, uh, a leg yield from the quarter line. from a Yeah, I noticed circle. that. That was a big change. Right. Mm -hmm. A little baby, a little baby leg yield. Yeah, like help the horse. Don't ask too much of your horse. You're going to develop a willing partner. So it's all about that. You know, it starts with a mission statement of a discipline or a breed that you work for. And our mission statement, number one, is honor the horse. And so we've attracted these amazing horse lovers, you know, from all over the world and from 29 different breeds at our world show. I'm so proud of that. And, um, and everybody's understanding this more. You know, we had a lot of pushback in the beginning. Uh, I remember Aton and I fielding a comment out in California. We had just done doing this really great, fun performance in Del Mar and a dressage person, really high level dressage person said, that's not dressage, you know? And I'm like, yeah, probably not really. <laughs> but, you know, people will enjoy, I just kept thinking people will enjoy maneuverability of their horses yeah. and they, they really are. So they're more rideable and 
So Honor the Horse was number one and um, a har- developed these harmonious partnerships. So I think we're doing that. And I think we're, we're doing it more with um, the new tests. So mm-hmm. ask me some test-specific questions. It sounds like you've reviewed them all. You're kind of familiar with them. Yeah, well, I've had a little crash course in uh, <laughs> level two because on uh, two days ago, I was asked, I was requested, they needed another horse to do level two f- at a rated show this weekend uh, because mm-hmm. there's so many apprentice judges and they need oh, to have yeah. so many level two rides. So yeah, I'm, I'm learning those tests pretty damn quick. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. And level two, um, isn't level two tests one and two aren't very much different from the last ones. You know, we introduced children in the first one, then haunches in the second one. And, um, oh yeah. The other stipulation was I had to shorten all the tests the board of directors, show management, they're going, these tests are too long. And I'm like, yeah, they probably are because the horses are jogging and loping. But, um, well, there's you know, not so many boxes jogging. from a judge's point oh, of view. Oh, and then the bracket, oh, the bracketing. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. You know, I, I'm i just going to tell you, disclaimer, I had nothing to do with the bracketing. I, I handed over my test. I don't know who did the bracketing. And it wasn't until I started judging, I was like, oh my God, these brackets are terrible. You know, I don't think as writers, you pay as much attention, but as judges, yes. So that's all improved. I think our directives are improved. We refine the purpose on each test, you know, so yeah. But it seemed like you made it, there was a pretty big leap in the old test from level one to level two. Um. And then level three didn't seem as challenging of a step up. And now it seems like it's a little bit more of an even progression. I don't know. Maybe that's just my impression. Well, here's an example of um, building a bridge between levels. So let's, you know, if you look at level one, test four, I got a little bit of pushback. They're like, really? You're going to do... A, a level one, um, we introduced a um, lope to walk. And it happens again at the best possible place out of a corner uh, so that your horse is, you know, deeply on the aid. Use and your corner. <laughs> the half the halt, you got to nail that corner. The half halt is available. Your horse is connected if you did a proper corner. And, um, because how do we get to level two? You know, you, so those bridges are hard to um, develop uh, without offering a challenge in the last test. Just mm-hmm. just throwing something out there that because level two is going to be all collected gates and lots of lope to walk, mm-hmm. you know, and walk to lope transition. So now level three well, all the way around, we wanted to pare back everything. So when we got to the end, we never get to half pass at the lope in level three. So level oh. four, we're going to start with that. So, um, so level and when two, will the level four tests be out? Because I well, heard I'm working rumors on them. I actually, yeah, um, I'm trying not to promise June. They're going to be unofficially released before next year and then officially released on the February 1st. Mm-hmm. date. Um, and so, you know, we're encouraging people to 
to ride them, if they're not officially released, if I get some feedback on them that we need to tweak them a little bit, uh, you know, that can, that can be done too. I'm trying to see, I'm looking at level two test four, no new requirements, kind of a review of everything. And level three test one, we start with um, half passes from a half circle. So where's the disconnect from level two to level three to go back to your previous question? No, I think they flow nicely now. Oh, I got you. You no. said in the old test. No, oh, in the oh, old good. test, it was oh, um, level two almost seemed harder than level three for some of my students. Um, okay. Just in the way the movements were placed. Um, mm-hmm. And now it really seems like it flows better from two to three. Oh, yeah. We're going for it. We're not going to awesome. do walk pirouettes. I mean, people, like we had to retire turn on the haunches after level two, because can you picture a horse catching a steer, just doing this walk pirouette, and change direction? <laughs> you know, it just, it just wasn't going to work. Yeah. And we have to honor the Western, you know, people love Western. Aton moved here from Israel because he wanted to be a cowboy. You know, we've exported this fabulous icon of the American cowboy all over the world in film and in the stock horse breeds. And um, the Western dressage is kind of like, it's already there. People are embracing the tack, the saddles. There's more security in a Western saddle for people that thought they were retired and are are coming back. So anyway, it's been fun. Thank you so much, Joyce. I can, I'm, I'm looking forward to the progression. I'm having a blast. It's so much fun. And, um, we might have to get you back on when those level four oh. tests come out. Sure. And I, I, the tests have been fun. We've been riding them now for a week. Um, oh, good. Or for, actually, for a couple of weeks and love them. So I think Are you did you, a great yeah, job. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, I'll be judging them next week for the first time. Yeah. So that'll be fun, too, with the new bracketing. <laughs> yeah. So. All right. Well, thank you so much. It was wonderful speaking with you today. Fairfield Inn and Suites North by Marriott Lexington is the ideal hotel for you as they are the closest hotel to the Kentucky Horse Park. They have the most spacious guest rooms and suites in the area, and they're only four miles from downtown Lexington. Fairfield Inn and Suites North offers complimentary breakfast, free Wi-Fi throughout the hotel, free parking, a business center, an indoor swimming pool and jacuzzi, an outdoor patio with grill, laundry facilities, and much more. You get hungry, Cracker Barrel is located right next door, and there are four other dining options available within walking distance for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Of course, Lexington is known for the Kentucky Horse Park, University of Kentucky, Keeneland, and the historical Kentucky Bourbon Trail. Enjoy a terrific hotel experience while you're touring Lexington. There's no denying that the Lexington North Fairfield Inn & Suites is the best value in town and will meet all your hospitality needs. Just Google Fairfield in North Lexington and make your reservations today. And our next guest is Tori Blankenship. Tori is a world champion gated Western dressage rider. She holds several championships. Well, actually, more championships than I can possibly number. Um, with the Missouri Foxtrotter Association. And I don't know, I think I'm just going to cut right there and say, Tori, 
you've done too much for me to talk about. So uh, why don't you kind of tell us a little bit about yourself? <laughs> okay, thank you, Karen. Thanks <laughs> for having me on too. It's a, it's a pleasure to be here and talk Western dressage with you and Tim. So my background with the gated horses, I actually met my husband through horse shopping for a gated horse for my mother, who was a adult beginner and found the trot of stock horses not too pleasant. So I went in search of a gated horse and found um, my husband now, but he had a lovely fox trotter for sale. And we purchased. So, is this like a gift with purchase? You bought the horse and got the husband. <laughs> Get a husband. I, I think I might. I might have to shop where you shop. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Well, it, that's what happened. I started riding my mother's horse more than my quarter horses, so I went back and bought another horse from Bud, and then a third horse from Bud, and then I realized it's probably less expensive just to marry this fantastic guy <laughs> who has these wonderful horses. <laughs> so that's when um. <laughs> Yeah, that was, gosh, that was 12 years ago, and the number of amazing horses um, that have blessed our family is just is, is, is wonderful. Um, but then, all these years later, enter Western Dressage, and I think it was, it was our, our local GMO um, had some, a couple of Western Dressage classes, and I had seen it, and I thought, I really want to do this. However, having a gated horse and not thinking that we would fit in quite right, I was able to lengthen his gait to almost a square trot and enter him um, in the class and had a blast with it. And um, a friend there, mutual friend of ours, um, Deb Herbert, told me about the Western Dressage Association of America and how they were welcoming gated horses and that was back in 2013 and that's when I was full speed ahead. Yeah you jumped in with both feet. It was a perfect fit you know the the training that we do with our horses and the gated horses we teach them to be versatile to to do um, you know western pleasure English pleasure trail obstacle horsemanship reining patterns so the training was already there so WBAA provided an outlet for us with our gated horses to hop on to this new sport that the, um, the gated horses are doing really well at. So it's really, really thrilling. And I know consequently you have developed a company called Western Dressage Riding Gear. Can you tell me a little bit about that? I can. With the gated horses, finding tack that fit them appropriately, more specifically the Missouri Foxtrotter, which they're built a little bit more compact than walking horses, saddle horses. Um, So finding tack to fit them was kind of a challenge. So we started our company, our parent company, Foxtrot USA, back in 2002. And uh, 2003, I think we developed our first gated athletic type saddle um, continually looking for ways to free up the gated horse, which of course they, they wiggle when they walk. So their spine is constantly <laughs> moving, their hips are moving, their shoulders are moving. It's just this whole moving body underneath. Um, so developing tack along the years to suit their needs. And then when I started riding the Western dressage and realizing the principles are the same, you know, the athletic dressage horse, be it Western or classical, you want that freedom of movement 
You don't want to restrict the shoulder or a hip. You want that spine to be able to curl underneath you. Um, and then a saddle that we had just started working with, um, the tree and the material, and actually a, a saddle builder um, got with him to build like the ideal dream saddle. And that's when the Harmony Western Dressage Saddle was born. And I think the first model well, was 2013. Yeah. Yeah, because you bring up a point that I've actually heard from some dressage judges and and some like FEI competitors, friends of mine, where they question, you know, how are you going to be able to do some of, you know, like shoulder in, haunches in, half pass, um, and really get your horses over the back in tack that's kind of designed to flatten the gate and make it more comfortable for the rider over long distances. And, you know, and I'm not saying that this is all Western saddles, but I don't know, Tim, you could speak to this, you know, it doesn't appear that Western saddles are designed for the freedom of movement of the horse and the bend and the lateral upper level ones. They are, um, you know, your upper level all around saddles. Um, but, you know, yeah, yeah, the big, upper level ones, heavy. the custom ones are there. Yeah, you know, then, mm-hmm. yeah, they're, you know, they tend to be on the heavier side, not all of them, but the trees are better, the skirts are cut back out. But the, the mass group of the Western saddles, you know, the stirrups we've always found were set too far forward and, you know, all that kind of typical stuff. But well, your upper I, ones um, are, are pretty nice. Well, so and our, I think our, you get to the point, too, where you don't want to be fighting the equipment. Right. So what what have you found, Tori, that's helped in the transition from Western to Western dressage? What what type of things have you done with your saddles? And what should a rider look for in a Western dressage saddle? Well, the first thing with any Western saddle or English saddle is the proper fit. And there's, you know, numerous videos out there, companies that have kind of guidelines to check your saddle fit the basics. We have a very simple video on our website. There's tons of them out there. So that's first and foremost. And then once you're ensured that you have a comfortable fit for your horse, that it's not pinching, it's not too tight, it's not dipping down, it's not popping up, then you go for the the function. You know, I prefer a round skirt Western saddle, which I was never a fan of before. It was always square skirt, traditional with our horses in the shorter back, we stuck with the shorter skirt length. So even in the square skirt, it's a 26 inch. So you have a horse that can curl around without the the back of the skirt getting in the way. You know, even if it's a, a perfect fit and a, you're asking a horse to do, say, a 10, 10 meter bend, if they feel the corner of a long skirt of a saddle that fits properly, if they feel that they're not going to, most of them intentionally push through it. They're going to feel pressure, even though it's not bad pressure, but they're going to feel that pressure and they're going to stop. They're just going to, that's all I can go. There's something there. I'm not going to push through it with the shorter skirts, with the rounder skirts. They don't have that pressure, be it not a bad pressure, but they don't have that skirt there. Um, What we did with the Harmony saddle. It's available in the the round skirt and the square skirt, the shorter skirt, which is 26 inches. Um, The bars are made of a elastomer material. Well, let's go before that. It's 
it's a it's a standard tree saddle. It's not a treeless and it's not a flex tree. It's a solid tree. The pommel and the cantle are wood. They're fixed on the bars. So it's a regular tree saddle. But the bars, instead of being made of a, a rigid material like wood or fiberglass or some type of wrapped wood, the bars move just a little bit with the horse, just like the rubber sole of a great work boot or athletic shoe. It provides support, but it moves with your foot. So that helped with our horses tremendously with the movement, um, along with a little bit of a tiny bit of flare in the front to go ahead and free up those shoulders and a tiny little flare in the back as well to go ahead and encourage those hips to move around for the, the supple bend in the back. And then the liner of the bars, instead of traditional fleece um, on the bottom or felt, the liner on the bar of our saddle is a material called silkush, which is a patented material. It's actually the padding that's in wheelchairs. Um, aerospace uses it for people that are going to be sitting for a long time. It prevents pressure. Tush for your tush. Yes, exactly, exactly. And it and it doesn't break down um, like neoprene or gel spreads away. It just it, it's there for good. So that's on the, the bar of the saddle. And then the liner is a perforated leather liner. So it just has the comfort for the horse. It has the, the breathability. So if you're the heat from the horse's back can lift through hopefully a natural wool blanket, through the, the perforated skirt of the saddle, through the, the bars, through the perforated seat of the saddle, and just ultimately provide as much comfort as we can for our horse. Let's talk about comfort for the rider and proper position, because that's the thing I know when I've judged, there's always a couple riders in the classes that are in that typical chair seat mm-hmm. with their legs way out in front of them, And, you know, it's just impossible for them in what they're riding in to bring those legs back. And I'm kind of torn on on what to do because it's not a classical dressage position, but it's the only position they can comfortably ride in in the tack that they have. But it's not going to help them progress up the levels. Right. So what we did with the Harmony saddle, the fenders are free swinging. The fenders are placed back a little bit. So it puts you in that building block position. So your ankle does naturally hang right underneath your hip. The um, cantle is a little bit higher. The twist of the saddle is narrow to medium. So Tori, we hear a lot about twist. Could you explain what saddle twist is? Saddle twist is the (laughs) narrow part of the saddle. If you're sitting on the saddle, in English saddles, traditionally there's a narrow twist. In Western saddles, you have a wider twist. It's where the rider sits, um, basically the area of their pelvis. Our saddle doesn't have necessarily a a narrow twist. It has a medium twist, so you're comfortable there. It's not like you're perched up on a bicycle seat but it has a narrow uh, medium twist that's smaller than a traditional Western saddle to allow you to obtain that classical balanced 
position a little bit easier. Like you said, you don't have to struggle against the saddle to get your legs there. Um, the medium twist allows your, your pelvis to kind of rock a little bit and be supported right there in the seat in that balanced position. So and the twist kind of is, is, is more about the rider. And then when we talk about saddle width, we're talking a little bit more about the horse. Absolutely. You got it. Okay. Good. Good to know. So if I'm going to go shopping for a Western saddle and I want to do Western dressage, give me a, a little laundry list of what you would look for. Again, proper saddle fit. Um, mm -hmm. What we like to do is with, with our saddle, we have a program called the traveling saddle. So whenever you're shopping for a saddle to make sure that you have time to, to, live with that saddle, to have it on your horse, to watch the way your horse moves, to have your chiropractor come out or your saddle fitter, you know, best friend, of course, your, your trainer, but we like to take videos, you know, video your workout in your, your horse's current tack and his current saddle. And then your saddle of interest that you have, you've gone through the saddle fit, everything's great. Take a video or have somebody take a video of you going through the same workout in the the new saddle the potentially new saddle and then you should be able to see a, a noticeable difference of the freeness of the horse the shoulder the, the 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 top line i mean that that tells us everything right there you know the video doesn't lie and you riding your horse the same way in one saddle and you riding your horse the same way in another saddle if you see a little bit of more freedom comfort that that right there is 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 the, the shining star that kind of lets you know, wow, there's a difference because you didn't ride different. The horse didn't ride different. That horse felt different. That horse felt like he could stretch. He could relax. He could come up underneath himself more. And last but not least, when do you know you ought to shop for a saddle? Your horse I mean, are will there, tell you that as well. Yeah, I mean, are yes. there signs? What you, there are, yeah, you, that's a, and that's a brilliant question. And there are so many subtle signs that people just blow through. You know, if your horse starts uh, behavior, you know, if you go to tack up your horse and they're pinning their ears, and we've had a horse here that would do that. If your horse refuses to pick up a lead, if your horse won't lengthen or won't try to lengthen if your horse if you're starting to work on you know leg yields if your horse can't or won't and you know if you ever feel like your your horse is having a problem trying to figure out what you're asking them to do and you know that your age has been clear the communication between you and your horse are clear but if you feel like physically they're not able to or they're not comfortable to give it a try that's when you really need to take a good look at the saddle that you're using and make sure that it, it fits the description. I mean, Western dressage, the moves are, you know, terribly different than a horse that's working cattle. You know, it's, it's, it's a different dance, just like a, a ballet dancer. They need ballet slip shoes so they can dance up on their toes, not jogging tennis shoes that are, you know, flat and comfortable. There's just, there's, it's uh, the job description. So Tori, where can our listeners find out more about you and Western Dressage Riding Gear? You can find us on the web, westerndressageridinggear.com. Also our business Facebook page, Western Dressage Riding Gear. And then our personal 
farm is Blankenship Stables, and that's blankenshipstables.com. Thanks so much for joining us today. I've, I've learned a lot, so I appreciate it. This week's dressage training tip is brought to you by Total Saddle Fit, home of the shoulder relief girth at totalsaddlefit.com. Our Total Saddle Fit tip of the week is brought to us once again by Jack Aristotle Ballou, author of 101 Western Dressage Exercises. Hi, it's great to be with you again. This week, I wanted to talk about exercise number 33, uh, which I call Turn Both Ends. And the reason that this exercise is an effective one is because it combines both turning on forehand and turning on haunches. And anytime we ask the horse to adduct his leg or draw his leg sideways across his body, whether it's the front leg or the hind leg, that process requires recruitment of those smaller muscles on the inside of the leg. So in the hind leg, it would be the muscles such as his groin and the smaller muscles that stabilize the stifle joint. In the front end, it would be the pectoral muscles and the muscles on the underside of the scapula. And those are hard muscles to access in our normal everyday riding. So the this exercise targets those small muscles, which are so important for improving lateral work. And they also um, generate a neuromuscular reorganization in the horse. So in other words, they generate new movement patterns when you target those smaller muscles rather than the big surface muscles the horse typically uses. So the way you do this is you start out in a nice brisk working walk going straight down the rail and then you stop at the letter E and you want to make a nice balanced stop. And then you make a 180 degree turn on the haunches followed by going immediately into a nice brisk marching walk down the straightaway through the corner. And then at A, you stop and you ride a 180 degree turn on the forehand. And then you just keep repeating that. And the reason that I put the, I separated the turns with the forward marching walk is so that you have a chance to refresh the forward energy. Um, a lot of times when you're working on turns like this, where the horse has to cross over, they can get, uh, you know, just stuck. They can grow tree roots down into the sand. And then what happens is their hind legs are pushing out behind them rather than being pulled forward and engaged under the body. So that's the reason for having that nice energetic walk in between the two turns. So you should notice your horse starting to release tension from his underlying muscle chain. His He'll be chewing and licking on the bit as um, all those muscles that connect up into his tongue and his pole start to let go with these turns. And you'll also be making a more symmetrical athlete. So I hope you have fun with that, and it's suitable for horses of pretty much any level. This tip was brought to you by Total Saddle Fit, the shoulder relief girth that Reese and Philip both love. 
And here's why. The Saddle Fit solution you have been waiting for is finally here. TotalSaddleFit.com is proud to introduce the Shoulder Relief Girth. This strategically shaped girth actually moves the girth line of your saddle back over one inch, thereby freeing your horse's shoulders from the saddle. Traditional girths pull saddles up against a horse's shoulders and often over the top of the shoulders. The shoulder relief girth's recessed ends allow for the billets to buckle into the girth farther back to give your horse unparalleled freedom of motion. We are so certain that your saddle will fit better and your horse will be more comfortable that for a limited time we are offering a 30-day, 110% money-back guarantee. If you are not totally satisfied with your shoulder relief girth, send it back for a full refund plus 10% of the purchase price. Don't wait. Order now for the best saddle fit solution available. At TotalSaddleFit.com. Visit TotalSaddleFit.com. You can find our show notes and links to today's guests on the website at dressageradio.com. Like us on Facebook, just search for the Dressage Radio Show. Follow us on Twitter at Horse Radio. We want to give a big thank you to our sponsors, Total Saddle Fit, Kentucky Performance Products, and Fairfield Inn & Suites. And don't forget to check out all the other shows on the Horse Radio Network at horseradionetwork.com. If you want to learn more about me, Karen Abatista, you can visit my website, KarenAbatistaDressage.com. And if you want to learn more about Tim, you can reach find me at Training for Life, and that's F-O-U-R, TrainingForLife.com. And remember, folks, have a good ride and enjoy the journey. Thank you for listening. <laughs>